Rochford Construction Limited and Kilhan Construction Limited. This is Adjudicast, a weekly mini-series on the latest developments in adjudication, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers who specialise in construction law. Hi, I'm Melissa Shipley, a barrister specialising in construction law at 39 Essex Chambers. This week, I'm looking at the TCC's judgment in Rochford Construction Limited and Kilhan Construction Limited. So firstly, the facts. Kilhan made an application for payment, IPA 9, for about 1.4 million on the 20th of May, 2019. It was for the period ending the 30th of April. Rochford didn't issue its interim payment notice, IPM 9, until the 23rd of October 2019. The dispute centred on the validity of IPN 9. The adjudicator found that the due date of IPN 9 was the 20th of May 2019, the date on which it was served. The final date for payment, he found, was 30 days from that due date. As neither a payment notice nor a pay less notice had been served within the required timeframes, IPA 9 was owing by default. Rochford brought Part 8 proceedings. There were two main issues. When did applications for payment have to be made? And what was the final date for payment? By way of recap, the legal background to both of those issues was that the provisions of the Scheme for Construction Contracts are only implied to the extent that such implication is necessary to achieve what's required under the Act. And that was a point that was underlined by the Court of Appeal in Bennett Construction Limited and CMC MBS Limited. In relation to the first issue, when did applications for payment have to be made? The contract stated, application date, end of month, commercial valuations monthly, as per attached payment schedule, end of month. Unfortunately, there was no attached payment schedule. Rochford submitted that there was a clear requirement in the subcontract that the application for payment must be made on the last day of each month. The court disagreed. The words end of month related to the period for the application, i.e. the valuation date, and did not act as a condition precedent to the entitlement to make a claim for the period. Apart from the end-of-month argument, it was not argued that the parties had agreed a due date. Therefore, paragraph four of the scheme kicked in. And that provides, just a very quick recap, that the payment will become due on whichever of two dates occurs later, the expiry of seven days from the relevant period, or the making of a claim by the payee. On the facts, therefore, the court agreed with the adjudicator's decision that the due date was the 20th of May 2019, the date the application was made. The court's decision on the second issue, the final date for payment, potentially has far more significant ramifications. In relation to the final date for payment, the contract stated payment terms 30 days from invoice as per attached schedule. The court said that was intended to be a final date for payment provision. Factually, though, in the absence of a payment schedule, 
that was not certain enough. It was unworkable. On the facts, the scheme therefore came into play regarding the final date for payment. The court went on, though, to consider a legal point, whether the final date for payment can be pegged to an event, such as an invoice, or whether it has to be pegged to the due date and be a set period of time. And the court said it was the latter. The final date for payment cannot be pegged to an event. It has to be a set period of time from the due date. The court's decision on this was technically obiter because it had already decided that on the facts, the scheme would be implied anyway. But I think it would be prudent to do two things in light of the court's decision. First, when drafting contracts, make sure the final date for payment is a set period of time after the due date. It should not be linked to an event such as an invoice. And secondly, if the final date for payment in an existing contract is linked to an event, then it would be prudent to consider when the final date for payment would be if the scheme was implied and how that affects when any payless notice should be served. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.